You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. Kay Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is good to be back, Owen, for our very first episode that we're recording in this new financial year. Yes, it is exciting times. We're finance people and it is the new financial year, which means new year, new you. Yeah. Um, we can say that twice. We can say it now and in January. So today we're talking goals. It yes. makes sense that we're at the start of the year. Let's talk financial goals. Yeah, I think it's great to chat about this twice a year in January and in July because it is a really good chance to reset your goals, um, really check in because we say we're going to have monthly check-ins with our financial goals during the year, but sometimes that doesn't really happen as planned. And also your goals change during the year. I think a lot mm. of people's goals will have changed over the last six months. Maybe they've changed jobs. Maybe they've taken on new hobbies and suddenly what they hope to achieve in January doesn't look the same anymore. And that's okay. And I think this episode is about just taking that time to reflect on your goals that you set earlier in this year? Do you want to change them? Do you want to, maybe they're too big. Maybe you need to shrink them to something a bit more manageable. Um, Maybe you want to change the direction of your finances over the next six months. So it's just a good chance for both of us and listeners to check in with their goals, reflect and come up with a new or adjusted plan. Yeah, I think um, one thing that's really good about this time of year is for most people that are on PAYG, you get a big fat tax return. Mm -hmm. So this is a good chance to juice your emergency fund or to put that towards investing or towards you know a holiday or something like that so you can set these goals now and then conversely there's people like us which are going to have to pay a lot of tax (laughs) and it's a good chance to get like a rude shock to be like hey i need to pay this tax back i don't want this next year how am i going to plan for this yeah so great time of year to reset goals and to do a bit of a detox if that's what you need to do and also kate we should acknowledge how hard it's been over the last little while, we've had uh, we've had really low unemployment in Australia, which is good because it meant that people had jobs and could get pay rises. They could bargain for pay rises. But it's also meant that inflation has been quite high. 
So the cost of living has gone up, which means that some budgets, whether you're you know, saving 5% of your wage or 10%, might now be a lot smaller just because things are more expensive. Fuel's more expensive. I spent $2.35 on the cheapest fuel the other day. Yeah, I remember you were very excited telling me about that. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, and it's scary, right? Yeah. Um, like that expense for families, I'm thinking like people that might be have like a trade background or have to drive for work, it's all of a sudden really expensive. And groceries, if you live off iceberg lettuce, that's crimped your, your savings capacity, which then hurts your goals. So- and even mortgage it's repayments. Mortgage repayments, interest rates. Most going of the up. banks have increased their rates over the last couple of weeks. Mm. Everyone's been sort of waiting with bated breath, watching what the RBA is doing, and trying to look. Okay, is my bank increasing my variable home loan? Um, what are the fixed rates doing? And so, um, that's suddenly costing more for people. Maybe it's ten dollars for some people. Maybe it's a couple of hundred dollars a month for other people. And so yeah. that's suddenly taking more of your discretionary income away. Yeah. So if you have a variable component of your home loan. Um, that's gone up basically every bank. Like some banks we saw um, just in the last week, we saw CBA, which is the biggest lender in Australia, increase interest rates by 1.4%. And then we're recording this on July 6th. Um, the RBA, which is the Reserve Bank, increased interest rates yesterday by 0.5%. So you can expect all of the banks to further increase their variable rates. So, I mean, and then fixed rates have gone through the roof. It's almost not worth it now. So... For most people, that's the biggest expense. I was on Finder earlier this week and I noticed like what is the number one reason that people are stressed and it's mortgage or rental payments. The second thing is groceries and both of those things have gone way up. So now is the time to get more prudent with your spending, um, to get more prudent with uh, goal setting and to actually stick into it. So, um, you know, 2021 was it had its challenges with COVID and everything, but it was actually a very good year for people to save and to invest. 2022 is looking like it's going to be harder. Mm. So that means like knuckling down a bit, saving a bit more and setting those goals and sticking to them. Yeah, making sure you've got that emergency fund. And I guess that's why we're checking in with our goals because if you are having to spend a bit more on your mortgage, you might not be able to put as much towards another financial goal or you might need to make up the difference through a side hustle or increasing your income or doing something else. So that's why I think now is the perfect time with tax refunds, changes in interest rates and just being in the middle of the year, it's there's no better time to check in with your goals. Yeah, that's it. So um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about how we set goals. Let's talk about how we, uh, what, like how we reflect on goals. I know you're a massive goal setter, Kate, so... This is, this is going to be a bit of fun and yeah. I'm going to um, poke and prod uh, as we go through and um, hear what you have to say on this. Yeah. Well, I think the first thing to come back to is why are you doing this and working out what, what you want to achieve. And sometimes your financial goals are very intermixed with your life goals. You might want to move to another state. So that's life goal, but it's also very much intertwined with your finances because you're going to need the money for the move and all of those costs. So working out what you really want to do over the next six months, firstly, mm. um, and then before you get to the next couple of years, next five to 10 years, because that's a bit harder to plan for and working out, well, what are your overall life goals and where do your finances need to be to help you achieve those goals? So mm-hmm. I think that would probably be the first starting point. That's kind of how I look at it now. Rather than just setting, okay, I want to save $1,000 before Christmas. Well, why do I want to save $1,000 for Christmas and how does that fit in with my overall plan for the year? So would you start with, so you're saying start with like six months? Or, yeah, yeah, I think okay. that's the easiest because, so what do I want to achieve 
or get to or where do I want to be by Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you can start with those short-term financial goals because you're going to be working towards them in a different way. So for me, if I'm working towards a short-term financial goal, it's going to be more like, okay, if I want $500 by Christmas time, I'm going to work out, okay, how much does that mean every fortnight or month I need to put away before Christmas time? And is there a way to automate that? Do I have enough coming in each month and enough left over after all of my bills and expenses for that goal? So Mm -hmm. is it realistic? And then can I automate that goal? And maybe it's not realistic, but I could uh, work a couple of extra hours on the weekend to work towards that goal. So that's why I'd start with the short-term goals first because Mm. they're quite finite. There's a very clear end date. Okay, I'm going to get this to this goal by December and you can work out a really clear plan. So I think they're the easiest to start with because those longer-term goals start becoming a little bit more complicated to work out. Yeah, okay. So um, so we've got our what we want to achieve, basically. For a lot of people, maybe this is like, I want to save more for Christmas and go on a holiday. I know a lot of people want to go overseas this yeah. Christmas for the first time. So. Yeah, like yourself, yes. maybe, maybe early next year. Fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. Finally get to London and watch a play. Um, and so you're saying, like, let's set them now. Let's think about them. Yeah. Uh, and then let's work backwards. So what mm. do I need to save per week? How does that fit into my broader budget? And if we can automate, automate. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Because um, as part of the, the the road trip series of courses, our new courses on risk education, um, we'd go through all of the psychology of money, but also the budgeting side of things. So how to think about, um, I guess, where you spend, what your values are, what your beliefs are about money, try yeah. and break them down and then set those goals, right? Yeah. Because I think you need to work out what you value and how you feel about money before you set those goals. So I think even if you want to have a look, um, a brief look through the psychology of money road trip, which is free, um, we'll put a link in the show notes. I think that's a good place to start just to start thinking about what you actually want and what you value. Because if you really want to travel and you don't value spending on sort of food and um, coffee coffee as much, or maybe over the next six months you can cut down spending in that so you can have that trip at the end of the year. Hmm. So it's sort of coming back to that and working out why you want to do it, what your values are. And as we've talked about a few times on podcasts before, the, the what brings you joy activity and working out where do you actually want to spend your money over the next six months. Mm, I like it. So um, it's actually something that we've got here in the show notes, which you put together, Kate, which is something that I have noticed quite a few times over the years is the, the ANZ Adult Financial Wellbeing Survey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's maybe worth talking about um, how you determine like your financial wellbeing and how you feel about your mm. money situation because I think if people checked in with themselves a bit more often they would maybe say it's not as bad um, and they can maybe practice like positive self-talk yeah to get themselves in the mood and understand that hey yeah you might not have saved $300 this fortnight but you may you saved 100 and that's still fantastic so a lot of people can get down but how do we how, how can we think about this yeah, it's super important to be kind for you, to yourself through this process because there's always things happening outside of your control and maybe you've lost your job and that means you can't achieve all of the goals you hope to achieve by the end of the year. Yep. And that's sort of coming to terms with that can be really challenging. And so um, just being kind to yourself through that process. But even we're having a look at that financial wellbeing survey and they kind of look at four different factors when they're trying to work out Um, what your current level of financial well-being Mm. is. And there's more research in the study, but the questions are how comfortable are you meeting everyday commitments? So Mm -hmm. things like the bills, groceries and rent, which right now might be a little bit harder. So thinking about can you meet those everyday commitments? 
uh, thinking about how comfortable you feel about your financial situation over the next 12 months. So whether you have debt or an emergency fund, like how confident do you feel that you can financially support yourself over the next 12 months? And for some people, they might feel pretty comfortable and others might be really struggling right now and going, okay, I really want to focus on feeling more financially comfortable because there's so much of that ties into our emotional well-being. And there's, we often don't talk about it, but our finances play a massive part in how we feel about life. Absolutely, they do. So that's yeah. really, I think... It's, it's no yeah. question. Yeah, it's one of the biggest things in people's lives, right? Financial mm. stress is sometimes more powerful than almost every other type of stress that you can succumb to. Yeah. Um, one of the others is, are you able to cope with a financial setback? So something like job loss, injury... Um, so thinking about do you have that emergency fund set aside? So I think a lot of listeners have mentioned to us that having that money set aside for their emergency fund has been super helpful in challenging times and even in less challenging times. Right now they might be worried just generally about the world, but they know they've got that emergency fund. So that helps increase their overall levels of financial well-being. Um, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I feel like if we had a confessional at, on the Australian Finance Podcast and people were coming in and they'd say like, forgive me for I've sinned or something like this. Um, the number one thing that says, yeah, I know I should have had an emergency fund, but, and so many people even in my personal life say, I know you say to have an emergency fund, but um, yeah. it, it, it happens, right? But I think just on this, are you able to cope with a financial setback? Personally, I believe that right now is the time that you want to have a emergency fund with interest rates going up with the economy getting a bit shaky with the stock market and all that bouncing all over the place um i th- personally like this is not necessarily a forecast i'm not doom saying but i think the economy is going to get weaker before it gets stronger so that means we won't be able to sustain this level of unemployment so at the moment it's very easy to get a job go back three or four years it wasn't this easy particularly for older people or for people that you know didn't come with skills necessarily so now is the time to knuckle down save and really just cement your job as well make sure you're really valuable right now because you don't want to be the person that comes in with job loss and says oh hey um yeah i didn't have that emergency fund even though i could have and it's Um, less glamorous the time to save yeah it's not as fun because you want to put your money in stocks or whatever because we talk about investing all the time it's not really saying i want to save $1,000 before Christmas before my emergency fund doesn't sound as cool, but I think it's so much more important for Mm. peace of mind, for your financial well-being, just for that confidence that you can set yourself up financially. And I think that's really the first step to financial freedom is having that emergency fund. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you just like a soft pillow to land on when things go wrong. Yeah. And the fourth question about financial well-being is, do you have a positive view of your financial future? And that answer is going to be different for everyone, but I think that's a really good one to reflect on and just thinking, are you optimistic about your financial future? Do you think you can increase your income in the future? Do you think you can put more aside in the future? Do you feel confident dealing with Mm. all the things life throws at you? And I think that emergency fund ties into it and just feeling comfortable about you know what money's coming in and out of your life. And that's why it's good to try doing a budget for a few months just so you have an understanding of the, the flowing in and flowing out in your life you know where all the money's going, you've allocated your bank accounts, you've automated what you can, and you just feel confident that you can manage the challenges that come your way. Yeah, I like it. So we talked about, just a moment ago, we talked about how all these these questions that can help you determine your level of financial well-being. So how comfortable are you meeting financial 
commitments, like every day, like bills, groceries, fuel, whatever. How comfortable I, I, do you feel about your finances over the next 12 months? Are you able to cope with a setback? This is where you have that emergency fund, insurance, et cetera. And do you have a positive view of your financial future? They all impact that. But the way that they can, the way that you can build upon them and improve them, we've talked about it heaps, is financial literacy. So just listening to this podcast is a great first step. Uh, it's about talking to other people and understanding um, like how do I, how do you manage your finances and just being a bit open. And then even things like, uh, you know, taking care of yourself, being healthy in the mind and phys- mm. physical, um, these th- all things help make you more confident with money. And um, I guess the thing that most people will be concerned about over the next little while is employment and am I getting enough from my current employer? Should I change jobs now? Um, I'm thinking of going on a holiday and getting rid of my job. Mm. You know, all of these things, these will impact how you feel about money. So keep that in mind. Um, how about Kate, you know, six months ago, 12 months ago, um, things seemed pretty good. We could save and invest. The stock market was going up. We we're getting wealthy. Our interest rates were low. Now, all of a sudden, all those things seem to be working against us. If we've got financial goals, which we thought, oh, you know, I'm not going to achieve them now. Yeah. Um, at the time, we thought they were great. How do we change direction with goals and how can we think about that? Yeah. So you might have set yourself a big goal at the start of the year, a savings goal, and suddenly it's not looking so realistic that you're going to reach that. And I think that's the first bit that you acknowledge that, okay, maybe the goal I set at the start of the year, I was going to achieve it at the start of the year, but maybe things have changed now. Maybe I'm having to pay more in mortgage repayments each month. And so it's going to be very hard to hit that goal now. And so I think the first thing is checking in with your goals now, acknowledging that and going, okay, so do I still want to achieve that goal? It's still in my plan, but is there a way I can shrink it slightly? Um, Maybe I might only save um, a couple of thousand instead of 5,000. Whatever your goal is, you might want to, you still want to reach that goal, but you might adjust it or you might change the end date. So instead of reaching it by December, you might say, I want to reach it by March next year. Your other option is maybe you take on some extra work. If that goal, if you really want to go in that holiday in January and you know you need $5,000, then is there any way between now and December you can take on some extra work on the weekends just with the specific aim of hitting that goal? It's not a forever side hustle or forever uh, maybe working at a cafe on Saturdays because every cafe seems to need extra staff yeah, at the do. moment. Um, you might just say, okay, I'm going to do it for work an extra Saturday every week until December so I can reach this specific goal because that goal is still really important to me. Mm. And so I think there's the main things you might either – if that goal is still important to you and that's something you need to check in with first because there's no point working towards it if your life plan's completely changed, so then you just need to create a new goal. But I would say if the goal's still important to you, either reduce the target, extend the time frame, or find a way to increase income in other areas to funnel directly to that goal. Yeah, there's a long-term goal that we've got in as an example here, which is someone that wants to buy a house and they need a $50,000 deposit. Um, they want to do that in five years. So it's a long-term goal. Um, they'll need to save $10,000 a year or $192 a week. So if that's your goal and you think, I'm not going to be able to save $192 per week given my mm. change in circumstances, well, this is where you have a choice. As you said, you can extend that so you'd save less per week or you could maybe get a shift uh, or do some air task work or drive for Uber or whatever you want to do um, to make up that. You know, Or maybe the goal has changed completely, in which case... Um, there's something else on your mind 
So those are some of your options. And I think there are strategies around those, but every, checking in every so often, so every six months, um, is a good chance to be like, okay, is this goal actually realistic? Have I achieved that look backwards to look forward? To be like, how did I go in the past six months? Is it achievable going forward? Because if you set unrealistic goals, what you might find is that you get down on yourself when you're not achieving those goals. And it's okay. If someone else is saving $500 a month and you're saving $200, so, so what? That's their, that's their life. This is your goal. If that's not achievable for you, you know, envy is one of those seven deadly sins that don't bring us any joy. Just try to kind of reframe it as best you can. Yeah. And I think it's also super important to make sure it's, um, as you said, realistic and make sure you're not trying to put, say, I'm going to save $1,000 every mm. month, but you only actually have $500 left after you pay your bills and all your entertainment costs and everything like that. So making sure it's realistic at the beginning and really putting timeframes. I find if I don't put a time frame on a goal, at least to hit a certain target, then it becomes really hard. Yep. And also thinking about, is it within your control? So saying I want a $10,000 share portfolio by December, that's mm. really hard to control because you don't know what the market's going to be doing. Those particular things you invest in might not perform that well or they might perform really well. You don't know. But I think it's much more important to focus on what you're putting into that savings account or to that portfolio or yep. the time you're putting into learning about different parts of investing. So focus on the inputs um, when you're thinking about what I'm putting away or what I'm learning every month. Yeah, I think that's important because there are so many things we can't control in finance. So just identifying those that we can control. We talked about this the other day, actually, just you and I, um, how people sometimes set a portfolio value for their goal. We see this. Net worth goals. Net worth goals. Common. Which, yes, they are really important. But once you reach a certain point, it actually turns out that the amount that you save has little bearing on the actual achievement of that goal. It actually t turns out like what you're investing and you don't, you can't control that in the short term. What you can control is the amount of fees that you pay, how often you save, how much you save, um, and, and just being smart about the way you manage your finances. Those are the things you can control. What you can't control is your returns every year. You might be able to control them over five or 10 years. You got to get a pretty good guess of where things are going to go. But at the end of the day, a lot of those things are uncontrollable. So if you say, I, I want my portfolio to be $10,000 in six months and it's currently 9800 and it falls in value, you might get really down on yourself because you think, oh, you know, I didn't achieve my goal. But yeah. your goal wasn't based on something you could control. Hmm. So maybe if it was, you know, in two years, it might be smoothed out a bit, but that's something that's important. Kate, you've got some examples here of some short-term goals and some medium-term goals. I know you like to break them down in short, medium, and long-term. Maybe you can give some examples of these. Yep. Um, so if people are like, oh, well, what could my goal be? I haven't done this before, whatever. What can they start with? Yeah, so these examples were sort of based off someone that's working towards saving for a house deposit. Okay. So if they wanted to save 50 grand, like say over five years, yep. they might decide, okay, I'm going to take the free property course on RASC education to yep. learn a bit more from an expert mortgage broker and buyer's advocate to just increase my overall awareness and start learning from other property podcasts and books and talking to experts. Maybe mm -hmm. I'll get in contact with uh, a mortgage broker. So doing small things like that is super important as well. It's not always just about the numbers. Yep. Um, you might set up your budget so you know that, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit less on discretionary stuff. So I've got more to put away into my house deposit account. And then you might work out, okay, if I want to achieve this goal over five years, how much do I realistically need to put away 
every single month. Mm -hmm. And maybe you think, okay, over five years, hopefully I'll increase my income so I can increase that amount. But what do I realistically and what can I put away now each month? So setting up an automated payment into your labeled house deposit savings account. So these are kind of short-term goals because you can start actioning them over the next six months. And then maybe some medium-term goals will be increasing your income so you can maybe get there a little bit faster than five years by putting some more money aside so you might upskill yourself in different ways. Um, Start thinking about, I know Amy Lenardi talks about in the course, but building your sort of property profile of what are your must-haves, nice-to-haves. These are good because they keep you on track to the goal. Yeah, and that kind of inspires you because if five years is a long time to work towards Mm. a goal, um, I mean, I've had five-year goals and it sometimes feels like it's going forever, but it it's good to keep inspiring yourself along the way because there'll be times where you'll go, why am I doing this? And you just Mm. need to remind yourself as long as it's still something you want, you might change over five years, but just check in with that goal and keep learning and working towards it as you go. Yep. I like it. So, and so these are just really simple things. Many of them actually don't cost you anything to implement. I want to really just emphasize the importance of automation because what automation will do for you is it will help you put the big rock in or mm-hmm. big stone in your jar of income, so to speak. Like that's where your priority is. You're going to that first and then you'll f- figure it out. You'll figure yep. out all the rest of it. Um, so put that in there first and then let everything fall inside around that. And um, so if, you know, saving for a house is more of a priority that, for you than a new car, we'll automate that first so that that fires and you're, you're seeing that savings um, kick in. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing that people could do right now, if you're listening to this podcast preferably if you're just sitting around or you're walking or whatever, is just stop for a second, hit pause on the podcast, in your phone or on a piece of paper, just write down what your short, medium term, medium and long-term goal might be. You can pick one, just write it down in dot point right now or use our PDF that's available on Rask Education, the 10 things activity. That's a great one. All the courses uh, for road trip have them in there too. Um, stop right now, hit pause, go do that and just write them down. They can be very simple and set a reminder in your phone if you hit pause, come back in a few seconds and we'll be waiting for you. So, Kate, now that we're at the end of the, the podcast, yeah. what would you say are like your expert tips for helping people achieve their goals? Yeah, I think for me it is actually setting goals and taking a couple of hours, um, maybe twice a year to really sit down and reflect on what I've achieved so far. And I we've mm-hmm. been trying to do that a little bit more with various things is actually if you have achieved your goal or at least got really close to it, just stop and acknowledge that moment because it's very easy with our finances to keep going, okay, I hit $10,000. Okay, my goal's now $20,000. Then it's $30,000 and the goalpost keeps moving mm. um, and it can just keep moving forever. I've talked to many people in their retirement and their goalposts just kept moving their entire life. And so I think mm. just take Good some point. time. Maybe you go out for brunch and just celebrate the fact that you managed to build a – share portfolio over the last couple of years and that you've got to this point where you are now and yeah just sort of congrats give yourself a pat on the back I know everyone celebrates people buying their first property but people don't really celebrate the fact that you now have a 20 or 30 thousand dollar share portfolio do they? yeah no no they don't like you see the photo um you didn't get a photo of your house by the way but you see the photo of people no. outside the <laughs> for sale sign outside the house um and I guess yeah that just with tax time rolling around people We'll probably get many people will probably get a tax refund, um, and you can use that to celebrate, or you can use it to put towards your goals and accelerate your goals, which is really exciting too. 
Um, and also pay rises tend to come this time of year. So why don't you just put that into towards your goals, that extra bit of money and put it toward, automate it towards your goal, whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, but I guess on the other tips, it would probably just be, for me, it was just putting a table in a Google Doc, mm-hmm. writing what the goal is, why I'm working towards that goal, what my target date of completion and sort of what are the action steps to get towards that goal? How yeah. am I, like, do I have sort of stages? So I want to hit this by this date or like I want to have learnt about this or contacted this person by this date. So breaking the big goal into lots of smaller goals, whether you can automate part of it, whether you can put dates in your calendar for some of it, um, as much as possible structuring out that goal. So you're turning the big hairy, I want to save $10,000 into lots of smaller components and you've got steps along the way and check and check-in dates along the way. And yeah, it's really That's kind important. of how I do all of the goals. And sometimes you'll have too many goals. That's usually happens to me. I've got too many things and I have to realistically go, okay, I can't achieve all of those things over the next couple of years. Like I might Mm. be able to get anything, but I can't have everything. So I actually have an overflow section and I have goals that goals I still want to achieve, but not right now. Ah, And so I, cause I feel really bad to just like take it off the list completely. So I have a section there that it doesn't currently have, an end date. It doesn't have an active savings plan. It doesn't have any action steps, but it's just sitting there so that when something comes off the list and I have some space, whether it's in time or my finances, because we don't have unlimited amounts of money, I can take one of those goals if I still want to work towards it and bring it back into the active working goals section. Interesting. Hmm. I like that. That's um, like an optional extra. Yeah. Yeah, cool. There you go. I like it. Well, some people have a lot of different things they want to save for. They want to do this, this, and this. And you have to, I think really for a lot of people, it's one short, one medium, and one long-term financial goal. Yeah. Because otherwise, you have money going everywhere, like $5 into this for 10 years, and you don't really get anywhere. So I think to make meaningful progress, you'd need to focus on a couple of goals yeah, at I max in each section. I agree. My tips for the financial goals would be actually doing a reverse budget. So looking backwards. Um, if you can look backwards and say, over the last six months, what have I saved? Um, I, I would suggest grabbing a glass of wine. Uh, this is my <laughs> Kate asked me to bring a spicy tip to, the, to today's podcast. Painful for you with yeah, all the renos. Yeah. Um, I would say Radio Boca Tempranillo. It's from Monique's. Yeah, I can see over there, Monique. It's uh, from um, your old country. So it's it's Italia. Uh, it's a it's a lovely drop, um, and you can have a glass of wine while you look at your bank statements and uh, count up what you've uh, actually spent money on. And from that, you can then determine, okay, well, where did I spend money? Did I achieve get close to my goals? Now, this is often a time when it's pretty hard, like you don't achieve some of your goals mm. for a lot of people. Like if you have a family or you. You know, you're contracting and you all of a sudden missed some sort of job or something. Uh, And just try and embrace the fact that you're trying to detox your finances and reset this time of year. Uh, And the other thing is once you identify the good and the bad, try and automate as much as you can, as much as you can. So that can be like in your bank, whatever bank app you use, go in there and have automated transfers. Or, you know, if it's investing, have automated investing features uh, with your broker. Uh, If it's inside super, if you want to save inside super, you can do a salary sacrifice through your employer. Most employers offer that or you just be pay the money in. It's pretty simple. Um, But those things, those automations take away a lot of the headaches. And they do, as you said, like they kind of like prioritize things. So that would be my tip. 
Um, if anyone has a tip for um, a nice red wine, it's winter, so please <laughs> write into us. Uh, let us know. I'm at Owen Rask on Twitter and uh, on Instagram. Uh, and Kate, this is a fantastic way to spend the new financial year is just resetting or improving or changing our goals for the better. Yeah. And um, before I wrap up today, I actually asked our listeners on Instagram oh, yes, you did. Um, what their financial goals were for the new year. And I thought I'd just share a couple because it's cool to see what other people are working towards. Mm-hmm. And one of the goals was to pay off their car loan, um, save first milestone on their emergency fund. So it sounds like they've actually split it up into a couple of stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the house deposit. So that's lots of goals going on there. It yeah, sounds right. like we've got a short, medium and a long term. Yep. Uh, another was voluntary payments into super during parental leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. 52K in 52 weeks. Couple of setbacks, but on track now. In- what does that mean? Like savings to Saving $52,000 in oh. 52 weeks. Wow, that would be impressive. Yeah. Awesome. I, I don't know if I've done that before. No. It sounds like a fun challenge though. You have to have a pretty one. good income or you'd have yeah. to be in a couple or a relationship. Or a side hustle. Side maybe hustle maybe. you got a wicked side hustle. Yeah, mm. I like it. Uh, I definitely want to follow. I've told a few people to let us know how they go by the end of the year because okay. I, I love hearing about how other people are working towards their goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, $100,000 in savings uh, and then mm-hmm. put a higher ratio of income after that into investments. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one was cash flow everything, including a car up- upgrade, reducing useless spending and growing equity for an investment property. Okay. So cool. there was a few, quite a few goals coming in. A lot of car related, house related. It was one for super. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And oh. I think that's, if you can, now's a good time to even, because people are talking about taxes, thinking about that it's a good time to have that conversation with friends and family. Talking about financial goals, I think, is always a easy way in. Yep. Like talking about money hacks is an easy way to start that conversation without um, like testing the waters if you've never talked to that person in your life about money before. So, yeah, ask them what their financial goals are for the rest of the year. Mm, okay, I like it. And, oh, by the way, my, my, my wine looks like it's on special and it's from Spain, not Italy. Sorry, Monique. There you go, Radio Boca. We'll put it in the show notes. You can get it from Wine Cells Direct for thirteen ninety nine a bottle. Wow. That's a really good tip. It will help you That's towards your, your goals. Don't buy too episode. many of them. <laughs> that would be bad. Uh, so just to wrap up here, um, it's it's worth reminding folks that uh, in July, this, we're in July 2022, we have officially launched our road trip courses. There are six courses, all free, targeting the basics. Each course is designed so you can finish it in one sitting. So you don't have to sit there for hours and hours. There's short videos, like little spreadsheets that you can download and work on yourself. Um, it's all totally free. So please enroll in this. We've had close to 16,000 students enroll in RAS courses now, which is just unbelievable. Um, we should actually have a one for that too, Kate. Um, <laughs> and, you know, these are free. Share them with friends, share them with family. Yeah. Uh, you can get involved just by heading to RASC Education. Links will be in the show notes. There's one for budgeting. There's one for psychology. There's one for, I think we got one on tax. Tax, super. Super. Investing, investing 101. Please go there. Um, we've collaborated with Tash Invest, who's been on the show a few times. So wonderful courses, all available there. Kate, well, let's check in six months and see how these goals of yours have gone. Yeah. Yep. And I'm looking forward to hearing about everyone else's goals. So mm. feel free to message us at any time. I just love hearing what other people are working towards. I think it's so cool that people talk about their financial goals, at least more than they used to. Mm. And it's about small bits lots of times, whether that's your investing mm-hmm. philosophy or your goals. Yep. Um, you're just trying to work out what the next best step is. You might not know all of the 
directions on how to get to your end point, but you want to keep taking small steps in the right direction. I like it, Kate. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Wonderful. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.